to the SJ Child Show. This episode is sponsored by Water and Body Basics. This is 3440 South, 5600 West, West Valley City, Utah. Mention SJ Childs today. Welcome to the SJ Childs Show. I'm your host, SJ Childs, and today I have a special guest, Caitlin Hammond. She is coming here from Salt Lake, just like me, obviously across Zoom, but I'm so glad to have her here today. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad to talk to you. We have, we're going to have a great conversation. So hold on, folks. (laughs) Um, let's just get started out usual. Give us a great introduction. Let us know, um, about yourself and maybe, you know, moving here and, and kind of how you got started. Yeah. So we moved here in 2019, uh, later in the year, maybe around November. And I'm just a stay-at-home mom of three kids under three. I do have a doula business, but when my son got diagnosed with autism, I put everything on pause because I'm like, I want to throw myself into this and figure out everything he needs so I could be his biggest support system. Um, Other than that, I mean, I'm just here with my husband and my kids. All of our family's back in California (laughs) and we have a a farm of animals. I have like four cats and a dog and then the three kids and (laughs) (laughs) all the time. But yeah, I just, I'm going to school right now. I'm trying to get a degree in psychology and education. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that with the kids is crazy, but yeah. we need to. Oh um, my gosh. And tell us the age of your kids. So my oldest is three and that's Samuel. My daughter, Olivia is two. And then my youngest Eli is seven months. Wow. You are, you're just mobbing out over there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And when you first moved here, so how old was your, was your son there? Just one year old, maybe? Yeah, he was a few months shy of turning two. Wow. And when did you get the diagnosis or how did that play out for you guys? So we tried to start the process in California. But the doctors out there were so quick to be like, oh, he's a boy. He'll catch up. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. When we moved out here, maybe two weeks into being here, I'm like, something is just, my mom's senses are tingling. I want to get him seen. Let's see what comes of it. Could be nothing. And we just went to just a clinic. And one of the doctors there happened to be a developmental pediatrician for UDAC. And she was like, there's... I see some traits. Let's, let's talk about this. So we got the process expedited. It was originally going to take like six months, but for us start to finish took four months to get his diagnosis. Wonderful. It's so just, he it's so that. nice to have that. I know that some parents are really scared to get that diagnosis and to hear those words, but with that also comes freedom. Yeah. And services and support. Um, it's something that, you know, younger moms like yourself would be great information for them, right? To know that, mm-hmm. yes, it's scary, uh, but there's so much support out there for you now. Like, there, and 
getting that diagnosis, like it changes everything because you get the support, but you also get a better understanding of how to help your child on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. Yeah. I mean, anything from why they won't touch certain foods or why, like my son, my son jumps everywhere. He doesn't walk. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping, bouncing, throwing himself on the floor. He loves that sensation. Mm -hmm. So for a while, I don't understand what's going on. And now I do. And now our living room is practically just one big sensory gym for him. (laughs) So I get that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely life-changing and it's scary at first because the approach taken also by the medical field with this, when we were told my son's autistic, my son's a level three, um, we were told right away that, you know, he's probably never going to show much affection. He's probably never going to talk. He's probably going to live with us the rest of his life. And I think that's such a devastating approach as a parent, because you want the world for your child. Absolutely. That And not having much background with autism, it's terrifying. And then come to see though, that the more you research and the more you talk to the community, that's not really the case. I mean, there's struggles. Every child has struggles and, you know, having a, a child with special needs does add additional struggles, but getting that diagnosis, getting that support makes everything so much better. Yeah. And then your child's happier in the end as well, because the autistic community always says, you don't have to tell us our diagnosis in order for us to know that we're different. And that's so true. Mm-hmm. I diagnosed last October and my entire life, I knew I was different. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Friends were always difficult. I was such a picky eater. Conversations, I am terrible. <laughs> you um, great. <laughs> but I always struggled so much and I couldn't figure out why. And part of me was like, oh, you know, everyone goes through this. It's not a big thing. I'll grow out of it. I never did. <laughs> so. Yeah. At almost 26 years old, I still struggle to talk and make friends and I hate trying new foods, very set in my ways, but getting that diagnosis has had so much clarity for me. Yeah. I, I have just this huge boost of confidence and I'm more willing to put myself out there now that I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. I feel like the same situation, um, for my husband evolved that way with, we, I had gone to him. My son was diagnosed like a decade ago when he was 16 months old. And then about five years ago, I was doing an ADOS test for my son for a, a psyche valve. And I just was noticing all of these similarities. And I just, you know, went to him and said, I'm pretty sure this is the case. And, and he, you know, it, it was so, freeing for him. It made sense for him. It, it put the pieces together of so many, you know, tragic things that happened and, and just things that weren't ever understood why this, you know, was this way. And so I think that it's, it's so amazing now to have the ability to hear his perspective, to be able to share with other people and, you to be able to have the perspective to say, you know, autism is, looks like me autism, you know, that's what, and it's so inspiring because 
just like you were saying, there's these like old ideas of, you know, the, and kind of the way the medical field makes it seem or look like there's this daunting, you know, um, life sentence basically. And that's just not the case. Yep. Exactly. I was lucky enough that my therapist that diagnosed me, she's super laid back and super like modern in her thinking. So we were joking the entire time I was going through the diagnostic process. Everything I told her, we made a joke out of, and she made it a, a comfort thing. It was never like, oh, this is something wrong with you. Yeah. She changed my mindset of this is just how you are. This is how your brain processes things. This is how your life looks because your brain's wired differently. It's yeah. not disease. It's not anything that's wrong yeah. with you. You just got to embrace it. And I think that's what really helped me now because having that idea put in my head, I'm able to talk to other parents. I'm like, okay, you know, I see parents all the time being like, I don't know what to do for my kids. I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, well, they're still your kids. So level with them on that first. And then you could build on top of it because nine times out of 10, it's like a sensory thing or something like that. But until you get past the idea that autism is just something that is attacking your child that you could take off of your child. It's going to be hard to draw the lines of what's your kid and what's, you know, the autism. Yes. And and that makes it hard to parent because you're like, okay, well, my, like my son, my oldest, he is extremely stubborn. Oh my goodness. I love (laughs) death, but we're trying to teach him how to use Prolo quote to go right now. And cause he's, he's non-speaking. Um, he has mixed expressive receptive language disorder. So we've tried pecs, we've tried sign language so far. He likes the iPad, but he's still <laughs> not wanting to use it. He knows he needs to, and he knows how, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. So if he has something that he knows that he needs to use the iPad to request something for, he'll hide it from us. Oh, <laughs> Because he doesn't want to have to press the buttons. So it's one of those, okay, do we have to approach it differently because of the different wiring in his brain with the autism? Or is he just a stubborn three-year-old who wants his stuff and wants to be left alone? Yeah. So (laughs) I I think finding that happy medium with everything is the most important part of all of it. I agree. Have you made any um, inquiries or research or done any for yourself or your kids of any type of uh, healthy eating habits? I, I hate the word diet, so I don't want to say diet changes, but, you know, like uh, gluten, for example, case and things like that. Have you looked into any of those and have they helped or if you have? So. The only thing we've really looked into for us is dairy because mm-hmm. a lot of our family has either a dairy protein allergy or is lactose. Mm-hmm. So we do notice there are some of the I symptoms it. maybe. Yeah. Like, like the aggression. Yeah. Um, my oldest for a long time was extremely aggressive and part of it was communication. Part of it was sensory. Yeah. But we noticed when we cut the dairy out, he wasn't as upset all the time. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I think a lot of that does play a role for a yeah. lot of people. Um, gluten, I've been wanting to experiment with because my mom has a gluten allergy and 
I wouldn't be surprised that my kids do too. Yeah. I probably do as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so sad my ways at this point. Yeah. Foot. That's kids- hard, isn't it? Ew. Yeah. We changed our, we did gluten and dairy removal like six years ago, probably about, and um, he was three, three and a half, four nonverbal at the time, our son. Um, and I did a lot of research ahead of time. Just, uh, I used to be a paralegal. And so I was just like digging deep <laughs> and <laughs> excuse me. And in my research, I'm, you know, no medical professional. Don't, don't take my medical advice, anyone. But um, in my research, I found for myself, and I just really wanted to know the why, like why would casein do something different? Why would the gluten do something, cause any differences? And what I had found was that the casein um, was causing the neuropaths to be more inflamed in certain areas, and which is the pro- a protein inflammation. And the gluten was doing the same thing, the gut inflammation, which exactly what a lot of people know, you know, for celiacs and things is what happens and just gluten intolerance in general. Um, and with the casein, he actually started speaking. Um, and that was fabulous for us, you know, to, to kind of be finally at that level. And then you're so good. (laughs) And then the, the gluten really helped with a lot of the sensory stimming, um, the spinning and humming and flapping. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that stopped, I think because of the irritation maybe that was in his stomach and he was biologically just doing what he could to deal with it. Right. Um, so that is just so interesting. And of course it's every child is different. Every human being is different, but I love how with the knowledge of your own diagnosis, it almost is like you're able to give your child more grace and more understanding and more like human compassion. If that's fair to say, and not that other parents don't, I'm not saying that, I just love that about you and about your situation. And I've, I've seen that a lot too, that as soon as I got that, like everything changed. I'm like, oh, okay. I get it now on this level of why he does this, this, and this, like I do it too. I just didn't realize it. So it's, that's been amazing. And then that also helped me see the signs and symptoms in my daughter a lot sooner mm-hmm. because anyone looks at her and they're like, I, I don't see it. Like she's just a little two-year-old. Um, but she was diagnosed just before her second birthday. And it took me having to sit her therapists down because she has, and we're going through genetic testing with her because she has a really bad bowed leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not getting any better. She has like in towing and toe walking and a few other bone related deformities. So we, we want to see if it's a genetic level kind of thing, but I sat down with her PT one day. I'm like, there's something I just, I know I had the same feeling with my son after my son's diagnosis. I had the same feeling about myself. I just, I see it in her. What, or what signs exactly? Is that anything you could be any specific, like signs that you saw? Yeah. So she would, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) 
she would go from just extremely happy to extremely mad. There are no in-betweens for her. Um, Just her stems are very minimal. She'll like flick her little toes together or she'll kind of like twist her hands back and forth by her ear a little bit. Um, The biggest thing though, was that she has horrible anxiety. Mm. And that's one of the biggest traits in autistic females is that anxiety is just off the charts and it starts at a, I had that as a child. I going to school as a four-year-old was terrifying for me. If my mom was even two minutes late picking me up, I would just sit on the floor and cry because my brain told me that she just forgot about me and she wasn't get me and I lived right down the street from school so I could walk (laughs) yeah it was still the point of it all yeah yeah Um, of course but I saw that a lot in her early on she would just sit there and wring her fingers for Mm -hmm. just it seemed like for no reason um and her head being is severe she'll go from a standing position and just drop herself back onto her head so bad to the point that we have to get or she just got it a helmet to protect Good. her because that with her poor little leg, she trips herself up. She's constantly hitting her head. Yeah. Um, and then her playing. So she kind of pretend plays, but it's like the repetitive thing. So she'll pick a baby doll up, maybe cover it with a blanket, walk away, come back, pick it up, and then just do that repeatedly. So that's her like repetition. She she doesn't which Do some it. folks might just be, oh, she's just a girl. She's just playing yes. with the baby. Yes. And that's so important for the community, for the world to understand how much masking, even at two years old, yeah. girls can do. You know, I am questioning myself, like, is it in the hormones that makes this such a difference between the boys and girls? I just wonder, that's just my, I'm putting it out there wondering question, but <laughs> just something for me to research that, later. That's something that no. we hear so much is that girls mask so early yeah. and growing up, you know, at first they'll be told that they're just anxious and then they're told that it's something else and then something else. And then once they're given the autism diagnosis, we're told that, you know, we're hyping it up for the attention or it's something else. And this is just a temporary diagnosis. So it's so hard to get that support. Yeah. I mean, she lost, my daughter lost her speech at, oh gosh, maybe eight, no, a little older, maybe about nine months. She had five or six words and then dropped down to only saying mom all the time. Yeah. And when I told the speech therapist this and told, you know, the doctors this, they're like, oh, she's probably just copying her older brother. Brush it off. Yeah. And her why? I I just, (laughs) yeah, that frustrates me so much. I wish that they would stop and listen because that's the part they're missing. They're not listening. They hear you. Yeah, that's fine. But it goes in one ear and out the other and they're not listening. Right. That's the, I think the kind of human problem with this situation and the complications that this faces. What do you feel like um, could be yeah, the big question? Kind of, do you think that it is in your genetics and your family? Um, can you trace back in your, you know, heritage kind of and look at, at different people in your family? I definitely can. So 
my father has significant traits, never diagnosed, but you, you can definitely tell. <laughs> um, my brother does as well. Um, but he's 18 now and he's just like, oh, I'm set in my ways. That doesn't yeah. My mom has ADHD. Um, and then a few people on my husband's side of the family have autism. So okay. I really think that it's something genetic for us. And that was actually what prompted some of the genetic testing was yeah. we find a link of something. That's interesting. For the giant, the, the diagnosis of autism. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I'll be really interested to hear what you find out about that and kind of, and, and yeah, talk more about that. That's, that's incredible. Um, I think there's always so much room to learn. Right. And, and yeah. I love at the same time, like I've been reading uniquely human and I, I think yeah. I had, yeah, said that and, and you had also seen that. And so I, it's just given me such an amazing, um, I mean, I already think I had a good outlook on things, but you know, <laughs> as far as like treating people with kindness, teaching my kids, you know, how to be inclusive and things like that. Uh, but really just kind of solidified things for me, solidified my own ideas and maybe that didn't go along with that life sentence being given at the doctor's office. Yeah. You know, when I was, you know, you when I heard like, you know, your son will never have a job. He'll never, you know, date or never. And it's so like demeaning almost to the child, to us as parents, because we're just putting so much in to our child and things. And, you know, we want the best for them at the same time if he doesn't do all of those things, like now I'm okay with that. Like whatever, you know, he is happy doing, mm-hmm. we'll be supporting that. But it's nice to know like that he he'll tell us once in a while, like, am I going to propose to someone someday? And then it's like, yes, yes, you are. You know, that would be wonderful. And mm-hmm. it's really cute. He's kind of learning. He's 11 now. So he's just kind of <laughs> on the cusp of understanding um, boy and girl relationships and yep, yeah, not too mm-hmm. much. Under- <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait on that as long as we can. But, you know, luckily uh, he's homeschooled and he, he doesn't, uh, he, he, he's not social enough to be in like a peer group right now. So he has his sister who pushes him and gives him (laughs) those social, um, interactions more often, you know? So that's kind of nice as I'm probably, how does your, how do your two, uh, get along? They're so close in age. (laughs) (laughs) So my daughter is overly social and my son doesn't prefer to socialize yeah. very much so they but that's a lot um occasionally we'll catch them playing together but as soon as my son sees that we're watching and <laughs> melting over it that's when he's like okay I'm done you could go away now yeah and it's not traditional play either it's they'll go up and they'll wrestle each other to the floor or we I have they're called little indoor snowballs but they're just big cotton balls yeah each other and start just hysterically laughing laughing yeah so it's interesting to see that dynamic because when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I was like, oh, you know, I had this idea that they're going to grow up and be the best of friends. And that still could possibly happen. But as of right now, my son prefers to be in his little space and my daughter 
prefers being everyone's faces. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot like mine. It sounds like, and now that nine and 11, mine are, and I see the, you know, she really wants to play with him. And now it's kind of like, Oh, sibling support basically is, is, um, but you know, when she was, she hasn't been officially diagnosed with dyslexia, but she's dyslexic and she's gotten, (laughs) she has support through the school and everything like that. Um, but when we were like, you know, I wonder we're going to get you tested for autism. We're very vocal with her about it and let her know everything because she's extremely intelligent Mm -hmm. and she's was like excited and like, like it almost looked to me like it helped her fit in, you know, like she fits in, in the family. And, and so it's just the sweetest thing, like (laughs) to want to to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. I amazing. Yeah. Crazy little kids. Well, (laughs) I'm, I'm so proud of you for going to school and getting, uh, working on your, degrees and doing all that. I mean, I can't imagine how you're doing that and baby and toddlers. (laughs) A lot of caffeine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. We'll get, we'll get together for some espressos then. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with me today and having this amazing discussion. Um, I'm sure it will bring a lot of information, insight, hope, you know, inspiration to so many families that need to see that, you know, adults on the spectrum are, uh, they have it together. They have their act together They're you know, so yeah, I, I think it's wonderful and you're supporting so many, um, with your kids and things like that. I, I think that that's just so honorable. So great job. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Is there any social media that you, um, want to share or anything or, or any, you said that you used to, to be a doula. Do you give people advice or anything like that when, when needed? I do. So I have an Instagram for my doula page and it's called, um, O dot Dean doulas. It's okay. Olivia doulas. And then, um, I'm working on putting together another Instagram page for parents who need that little extra guidance with their kids. Someone who can see both sides without yeah. worrying about offending anyone or I love it. that. And I have it almost done, but that's going to be called autistic with a side of coffee. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) I'll make sure to follow you on both of those. If I'm not already on the other and, um, send me those links, but I'll make sure to have them all down in the description. So you can know where to find Caitlin and get a hold of her to, uh, ask any questions or check out her doula page. Thank you so much again for being here. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. I really have. 